he died in 2000. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Under Further Review podcast with Burke and Jen. Um, we are here today to do our Olympics wrap up, um, and boy, did the second week of the, week of the Olympics not disappoint us. Um, and we have some, I mean, quick hits on. Uh, uh, criminal athletes that we have discussed in earlier podcasts. So I, I guess we really have to start with, uh, the elephant in the room (laughs) and his name is Ryan Lochte. So I know that we have had a discussion earlier today, um, about how, whether or not it would be in whose interest really is it to continue discussing this giant douchebag? Like, I understand that part of his um, his goal in life is to be famous, and we're he just, wants to be a Kardashian. Yeah, I mean, we're, said. we're feeding this machine by talking about him continually, and um, as people have tweeted and have written about, we are detracting from the true heroes of like the Rio Olympics, like Usain Bolt, or both of the Simones, and, um, you know, Katie Ledecky, and Michael Phelps, even, um, and all of the other unsung heroes, uh, both men and women, I'm just using heroes, <laughs> generally not, not, <laughs> not gender yeah, term. Exactly. Um, because we're all fixated on what this reprehensible human being did. Uh, yeah, I've been struggling because every time I think about him, I feel incredibly outraged. Um, but I, I think I agree with you that he likes the attention. This is what he's going for. Um, so do we spend a lot of time talking about him? I think the issue we've got is that this is a sports and the law podcast, and this is probably the biggest sports and legal issue to have come up in um, quite some time since because Ryan Lochte couldn't tell his mom the truth about a public urination incident. Um, they nearly kicked off an international incident between uh, Brazil and the United States, which he conveniently found his way back to the U.S. Um, prior to, so he didn't have to deal with the fallout. Yeah, so I'm sure most of you know the the details of what went down between Ryan Lochte um, and three other swimmers, Gunnar Benz, Jack Conger, and Jimmy Feigen. Feigen? I, yeah, I don't – I haven't heard it said out loud, so. Oh, I say Feigen only because I just read it, like, the German way, but if he's Irish, then maybe it's Feigen. Yeah. Um, what went down after, like, a night celebrating, um, and I don't know that we need to spend that much time on the details, but – I'm not think, sure what they were celebrating since I don't think any of them won very much during the uh, games, but – that aside, was it? Af- I thought it was a night after they had won some relay or something, but I could be wrong. Um, and so, anyways, they were out partying and at uh, France House, I yes. believe. <laughs> and um, there was an incident that took place at a gas station, and it has now come to light that the incident that took place at the gas station was not that Ryan Lochte was held at gunpoint by people who were uh, impersonating police officers, but rather that these uh, individuals had basically urinated in public, uh, probably destroyed or damaged some property, whether that's a door or a dispensing machine or whatever. There was some property at the gas station that was destroyed. Um, the security guards at the gas station demanded that they um, pay for the damage. There might have been guns drawn. There might not have been guns drawn. 
but because Ryan Lochte couldn't basically act like a grown-up and tell his mom, hey, mom, I kind of did something stupid last night, but everything's fine. Nothing really happened. We're all safe. Let's move on. He tells his mom that he was basically mugged by people impersonating Brazilian police officers, and, uh, and then it just snowballed. And at no point did Ryan Lochte step up and say, I'm sorry, I lied to my mother to cover my ass, and this has become a much bigger incident than it was, so I apologize. Instead, the State Department, the FBI, the USOC, the Brazilian authorities all get involved, and this just becomes, I don't even know what it becomes. It is just this morass of stupidity and lies. Um, I, I think Sally Jenkins from the Washington Post um, has really been on fire about Ryan Lochte, so I recommend everybody check out her couple of recent columns about this, not to give him more attention, but because she's a good writer. And she referred to Mr. Lochte as the dumbest bell that ever rang. And I really think that's sort of the theme that runs throughout this story, is that he is just a complete goddamn idiot. One thing that I was surprised by um, – because I didn't know this exact fact, but you know, everybody keeps referring to these four swimmers as, oh, they're just a bunch, they're just kids, they're just, you know, boys made a mistake. Ryan Lochte, if you remember nothing from this podcast, listeners, please remember this. Ryan Lochte is 32 <laughs> years old. 32. He's not a kid. He is not a boy. He is a grown-ass adult who was so scared of his mom that he lied to her and kicked off an international incident. I don't Setting aside the fact that I'm not sure why, as a 32-year-old, he's needing to explain to his mother where he is at night. How did this even come up? Like, as far as I understand, the gas station um, owner, they weren't trying to press charges. So it's not like they were coming after Ryan Lochte and in his, you know, uh, tornado of foolishness decided, I got to come up with a cover story so that I don't get in trouble for this. So I'm going to say that they robbed me. No, he just unsolicited gave this information to his mother who then blabbed to the US to USA Today and then it completely spiraled out of control. I don't understand how this even started because as far as I know, but for Mrs. Lochte's comments to the to USA Today, I don't know why I keep calling it the USA Today. <laughs> to USA Today, nobody would have known about this and they could have gone about their business like, mm-hmm. yeah, they did a dumb thing. They paid for it. Everybody can move on now. Mm-hmm. Instead, this report comes out, and Ryan Lochte is interviewed, I think, by Matt Lauer. And First it was by Billy Bush. Oh, well. And then Matt Lauer. But, and his stories didn't match up. Well, but, I mean, he literally yeah. triples down. I mean, beyond doubling yeah. down about how, you know, he, a gun was pointed at his head, and I just... And the other guys all got down on the ground, and I stood up and was like, whatever, Point a gun at me. I don't care. <laughs> so, um, in any event, the Brazilian authorities, the uh, Rio police investigated and found that there were giant discrepancies in the story. They couldn't find the taxi driver who allegedly pulled over at this gas station. Um, and I guess when they eventually found the gas station, the gas station owner and then the security footage from the gas station showed a very different story of what happened. And and as part of that um you know, Ryan Lochte and um, I want to say, is it Conger who actually gave the statements to the police? I thought it was Lochte and Jimmy 
Fagan. Okay. Oh, because Fagan paid? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, because those were the two that the cops were coming. The, those were the two that the Brazilian judge um, demanded that their passports be seized so that they couldn't leave the country and had to come back and um, give more information because their stories were not consistent. It was Jack Conger and um, Gunner. Gunner Bentz who were yanked off a plane very publicly while they were trying to leave Rio um, and were forced to, I think, hang out and give like five hours worth of um uh, or go through five hours of interrogation by the Brazilian police. I believe those two have since had their passports released back to them, and they're back in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did in the initial aftermath, the focus seemed to be on Lochte and um, Fagan. So Fagan, um, he agreed to donate $11,000 to a Brazilian charity in an effort to receive permission to leave the country. That deal, I guess, has been worked out. So he's been allowed his passport back into come back to the United States. Ryan Lochte, he had left several days earlier, so they weren't able to locate him. He's just being a douche here in America. Um, Leaving his three younger teammates to hold the bag uh, related to his lies. Yeah. This is all his fault. <laughs> <laughs> so under the under Brazilian, Brazil's penal code, informing law enforcement of Quote, the occurrence of a crime or misdemeanor that never took place is subject to detention of one to six months or a fine. Um, There's a clause in the penal code that states that if you make a false statement or deny the truth as a witness in a legal proceeding or a police investigation, the penalty um, can be as great as imprisonment of one to three years and a fine. Um, The judge in this matter, when interviewed, said that Essentially, this is not a serious crime in Brazil. Brazil is dealing with way more serious crimes than this. Um, and, it, and normally, these result in very little punishment. Um, if they were found guilty, they would most likely have to pay a, make a payment to a non-governmental organization that does humanitarian work. Um, and, you know, he's not – he wouldn't necessarily send them to prison for this, and it's not a crime that's going to prevent them from leaving. So – um, that's the legal part of it. We're going to go back to like the douchery part of it. Yeah. Um, but so uh, interestingly, Gunnar Bentz, who is the youngest of the four swimmers, he released a statement um, that was uh, – he explained exactly in his recollection what happened that evening. And, um, yeah, there was maybe some parts that matched up, like the rest of them were on the ground obeying the security officers while Ryan Lochte – chose to engage them and um, essentially try to pick a fight or, I don't know, try to um, intimidate them. And, you know, he did say that there were guns and they might have been drawn, but he, he can't really remember. But in any event, he didn't necessarily feel like they were drawn at them. Um, and in contrasting Benz's statement to Ryan Lochte's piss-poor apology, it just... My first comment about Ryan Lochte's apology, besides the fact that it was a complete bullshit non-apology, is that there is no chance on God's green earth that he wrote that. I've heard him speak. He can barely string together two coherent sentences. Mm -hmm. He didn't write that shit. And what's particularly frustrating about that is seeing how he's acted throughout this whole situation. I can see him giving a terrible ridiculous apology but the fact that he has paid professionals who clearly wrote this for him and even they don't understand 
what it was about his actions that were wrong. It's not that he was, um, I believe he said, not um, candid. He should have been more careful and candid in how he described the events of that early morning. Yeah, dude, that's not the problem. It's that you made up a story about some armed bandits attacking you and your fellow um, swimmers, not that you guys were acting like a bunch of assholes and destroyed property or at least damaged it. Um, and the people whose property you trashed wanted some recompense for the damage that you did. And maybe they overreacted by drawing guns on you. Fair enough. And that I'm sure that was scary. You did not look very scared in the videos of you getting through the security at the um, Olympic Village. But everybody deals with trauma in their own way. I won't judge. Um, but it's <laughs> – I, I think to – Jen, to your point, the – distinction between Gunnar Bentz, I mean, his apology probably could have been a little bit stronger, but at least he seems to acknowledge what what he did or what they did wrong, as mm-hmm. opposed to Ryan Locke just being like, I'm sorry that I embarrassed my family and my sponsors. Never apologized to the owner of the gas station nope, that he trashed. Not. I'm not sure that he apologized to the people of Brazil who he embarrassed and who were actually suffering through real crimes mm-hmm. that he's now wasted a bunch of police time investigating his fake crime. And I got to say, I get it. Like he embarrassed his family, but you know, his parents are the clowns that raised this idiot and then subjected the rest of the world to him. So I feel like they owe us an apology. His mom, why, why did she feel the need to share all this with a newspaper? I guess she felt like her kid had been attacked and she was upset and mm-hmm. you should write Lockheed's mother. People listen to her. I, I don't know. I just, having watched him since when was his first Olympics? Athens or yeah, Sydney? I mean, he's, well, he's been around for a very long time. He's been as long, around as long as Michael Phelps because he's older than Michael Phelps. Uh, <laughs> valid point. Um, you know, he spent $25,000, I think, buying a diamond grill that showed stars and stripes. He tried totally to forgot about that. He oh tried to copyright or trademark his his catchphrase, yeah. Which is which is nothing. He's a fucking clown and he has been forever. So why I just don't understand why he feels like his family has a different view of him than he shares with the entire rest of the public and why they would be surprised by the fact that he got drunk, peed on the side of a building, and then picked a fight with the security guard. This just seems like none of that shocks me at all. I don't know why it should shock the people who know him best. Yeah, and I mean, the fact – it's upsetting that like three people sort of went along with this, although – the way that um, Bence has described it, it sounds like he and um, Conger probably did give more accurate statements to the police, and that's probably what created this discrepancy of right. statements and the fact that, um, you know, Ryan Lochte, who made up these lies, couldn't even keep his lies really straight, which I'm yeah, just like... First rule of lying to the police, make sure that you and all of the other people who are lying about your story um, all have the same story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, yeah, I just don't... What compels people to go along with this? Why would he think that he could get away with it? it just There's just so much other stuff, but then I think to myself, why am I wasting brain space on this, this moron? It's just, it's, it's, and then it, as you said, the more you think about it, the more infuriating it is because it's just, 
like, you're not a child. No, you're 32 years old. I mean, not that the other three, there's any excuse for their behavior either, but I think Bence is 20, Conger's 21, and Jimmy Fagan is 26, which that's absolutely, I mean, they're all adults. To be very clear, these are not children, any of them, but I, when I was in my 20s, I was visiting Italy. I think I was actually 20. And um, my friends and I got on a bus in Rome. We did not get our bus tickets, not because we were purposefully trying to evade paying bus fare, but there were, it was very confusing. There were no signs. We tried to talk to the bus driver. He was not responsive. So as soon as the bus doors closed, we were surrounded by police from the Rome Transit Authority, I guess. We get dragged off the bus. They want to take our passports. They're screaming and yelling at us, demanding money. Very similar, it sounds like, to what happened to Ryan Lochte. But my friends and I, instead of making up a bullshit story to, now fair enough, we were not famous, but nonetheless, um, you know, it was scary and traumatizing getting yelled at by people who... In a language you probably didn't understand. Exactly. And so I, um, as any 20-year-old with no money in a foreign country would do, immediately called home and was really upset and was like, I don't know what to do because we got fines. They let us, eventually they let us go. They did not revoke our passports. Um, but we had to pay like 50 euros or something because um, they have our passport number. So I was like, I think I have to pay this, but I have no money. Or else you'd get yanked off the plane. Exactly. I did not want to be the uh, Jack Conger of... Of, um, American girls in Italy. So my uh, mom worked for a uh, large newspaper in a large New England city, not Boston, and called our congressman to figure out if there was anything that could be done here. The congressman apparently, because they were playing telephone with the message, thought I was imprisoned in Italy. <laughs> Luckily, my mother didn't buy, well, A, I did not lie to my mother. Well, okay, that's, but that's the whole point of the story, right? That there were no lies told. Yes, you were honest with your mom about your infallibility or your fallibility. Even though I'm, I was arguably, if, if Gunnar Bence is a child, so was I, and I knew enough not to lie to my parents just because I did something stupid and got in trouble for it, Mm -hmm. um, Long story short, as the congressman said, I should just pay the fine. He was happy to find out I was not in jail, and international incident was averted. Thank God. <laughs> but, you know, Ryan, I just it – is, it's absolutely infuriating because you look at this, and as I think both of us are uh, big fans of traveling and have spent a significant amount of time outside the United States, mm-hmm. and you look at this, and it's like no wonder why the rest of the world hates us because this is the public face that they see, this – shithead who goes around destroys property lies about it because he doesn't think anybody's going to give a damn about him uh, vandalizing a little brazilian gas station mm-hmm. because he assumes the people just believe him and he's using his privilege as a white dude from america to lie to save himself yeah. um and i think not to jump away from ryan lochte although we spent about 20 minutes on this already but um what i've seen some people in the media saying is that kind of what makes this so much worse is that it comes right on the heels of the public outcry against Gabby Davis, or excuse me, Gabby Douglas. Um, Gabby Douglas, you may remember, won the um, all-around gold medal for women's gymnastics in the 2012 Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, She then took some time off and decided to make a comeback for um, the Rio Olympics, was a member of the the women's team who won the um, team gold medal. And I believe, but for the rule that says that uh, a a country can only have two women advance to the individual all-around, she She would have made the individual all-around. Now, 
she's done nothing but be excellent. And the response from the American public, at least the loudest response from the American public, has been that she doesn't smile enough, that she is unpatriotic and disrespectful for not putting her hand over her heart during the national anthem, and that we don't like her hair and makeup. This girl, I shouldn't say girl, because she, she is, I believe, in her 20s. So this young woman has done nothing but be amazing. She, she won a bunch of gold medals. She hasn't destroyed a gas station no. bathroom. She hasn't lied to authorities about um, her whereabouts or blame crimes on people who didn't commit any crimes. Nope. Her teammates, who are the people who she's been, uh, the, the outside public has said she's not supportive enough of, have said she's been nothing but amazing. All supportive she does is cheer, cheer us on. Yep. Um, also, I would note that at least growing up um, back in Massachusetts, we would sing the national anthem and do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning at school. And none of us put our hands on our hearts during the national anthem. You stand at attention. You stand at attention and you don't wear a cap. Exactly. So she did literally nothing wrong, yet she's getting dragged all over social media for what an embarrassment she is. And it's just, it's so offensive because if, I mean, I guess two points. One, we're letting Ryan Lochte, it feels like, kind of get away with his terrible behavior. The whole boys being boys. He's just a kid. He made a mistake. Even though he's not a kid, he's a grown-ass man. He's an adult. Um, but also, you know, this idea that what if he weren't white? Mm-hmm. What would this country's reaction have been to this behavior? And sure shit would not have been what they're saying now. There would not have been excuses made for him. I don't think. Maybe I'm being overly cynical, but if it had been Carmelo Anthony picking a fight with a gas station attendant after peeing all over a wall, mm-hmm. I suspect that um, yes, the reaction would people be would not be forgiving. Although everything that I've read, and maybe it's what I'm reading and where I am tr- where I have said that I'm paying attention, mm-hmm. has been very, very uh, critical of Ryan Lochte. Um, so uh, I don't know that I have read a lot of articles that are supportive of him and like the boys will be boys attitude. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, and I guess maybe there was a turn when it, it seemed like, I guess before it came out that he was, uh, like, aggressively, actively lying. Yeah, um, but I, I believe it's the spokesperson for the Rio Olympics, Mario Andrada, Mm -hmm. who, um, basically said that, you know, they're just kids, they made a mistake, Mm -hmm. and I think that was... I, fe- I mean, I understand he works for the Olympics and they're trying to kind of smooth this over and have people stop talking about it and get back to the games. But again, they're not just kids mm-hmm. and this isn't just a you know silly mistake that they made. You know, they committed a crime. Mm-hmm. Now they committed a crime, they paid for it. Like we should, had they not lied, had Ryan Lochte not lied about it, I think we could have all moved on by now. But he's, he did this to himself and he should have to pay the price. Well, and I mean, when the story initially came out, I was on the side of believing that this happened because... Mm-hmm. There have been athletes in Rio, along with a lot of other just ordinary Brazilians who have, you know, severe, there's severe security issues there. And there was a uh, bronze medalist who um, was partying at Copacabana Beach, and he was beaten up and his cell phone was stolen, not his bronze medal. But um, there's also an athlete from New Zealand who was kidnapped by fake police and driven to ATMs to take money out and give it to the fake police officers. Um, there were two Australian coaches who were robbed at knife point on Ipanema beach. Yep. 
And there were British, um, there was a British track and field athlete, I believe, who was robbed um, earlier this week. So, so this actually happens, but the fact that we're talking about Ryan Lochte does detract from the fact that, like, there were people who were hurt and who were victims of real victims of crime. Yeah. And again, the fact that we are sitting here talking about him instead of the fact that the women's four by 100 relay team just like won from lane one, which never happens. And um, so I don't know it's been 25 minutes. Yeah. Just Ryan Lochte is 32 years old. Never forget that. <laughs> Um, it will be, I would say, it, would, it will be interesting to see um, what happens to him in terms of what punishment the um, U.S. Swimming Federation brings down because there were there's an anonymous uh, U.S. Swimming Federation, I don't actually know if that's its official name, but um, who commented that, you know, no amount of gold medals is worth this. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They have brought so much shame and embarrassment to our country and mm-hmm. to our sport. And, you yeah. know, uh, if Ryan Lochte never swims again, uh, he has nobody to blame but himself. I sort of feel, though, that if they do suspend him or ban him for yeah. the rest of his life, I mean, he's 32. Well, yeah, who cares? I mean, honestly, <laughs> he doesn't, he probably doesn't have another Olympics in him. I mean, he, he said he'll be back for Tokyo. Well, I mean, he didn't do. Uh, uh, it wasn't even just that he was losing to Michael Phelps, which has kind of been the story of his career, which mm-hmm. is, I felt some empathy for him, but I, <laughs> no more. No, I think other than, I know he won a gold in one of the relays, but I don't know that he did particularly well this, mm-hmm. um, this Olympics. So yeah, whether he could even qualify and come back yeah. in four years, yeah. this isn't like a Connor Dwyer who is or Ryan Murphy, who's just at the start of a, what could be a very illustrious career. Yeah. Um, so Hopefully Ryan Lochte will crawl back into the swamp in Florida from whence he came, and we will never hear from him again. I suspect that won't be the case, but dare to dream. (laughs) He's going to be on Dancing with the Stars or something. You you know it. Well, I I don't know. Maybe maybe when his sponsors start dropping him and he won't get additional shots at fame. Um, Again, one can hope. (laughs) Speaking of Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> I was going to say though, speaking of both. <laughs> oh yes, that, that's a better segue, and I stomped on it. I'm sorry. Um, Hope Solo. I believe we talked about Ms. Solo in one of our earlier podcasts um, in connection with the domestic violence charge that was asserted against her by her sister, her half sister, and nephew um, after a drunken brawl at her half sister's home. Um, I think back in like 2014 or something. Yeah. Um, but she's back in the news again. Uh, she was. She hasn't assaulted anyone. No. We should be clear about that. Or physically assaulted. She did assault Team Sweden with her words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the U.S. women's national team got knocked out in the quarterfinals of the Olympics, um, after losing a penalty shootout to Team Sweden. Um, and Hope Solo, when asked, she was goaltender for the team, um, as she has been for probably the past decade, um, when asked, you know, what her feelings were on the loss, she basically said, we lost to a bunch of cowards. The better team didn't win today. I seriously believe, or I firmly believe that, um, which it's not a, uh, this doesn't really touch on the law, but it's just another example of a really ugly American Mm -hmm. Abroad. <laughs> acting out for no particular reason. She um, 
appears to have been disavowed by at least two of her teammates, uh, Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan have both said that, you know, they don't really share these views. And uh, I thought Megan Rapino put it really well when she said, you know, we've, we've won a lot of these things. We've been at the top and now we're not, and we need to learn how to be gracious losers. And uh, one thing Hope Solo certainly lacks Hope is... Solo needs to learn how to be a gracious loser. See, everyone else seems to handle it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and the sort of, in the background of this is that the coach of Sweden, Piersen Huggen, nice job. I would have butchered that. Um, used to coach the U.S. women's team, and she and Hope Solo butted heads on occasion while she was with the team. Um, back in 2007, Hope Solo was benched. Did not react particularly well. So there's probably a, a little more to this as opposed to uh, just being um, not a gracious loser. There's there's the backstory. There's a, right. the prior relationship. I think also that um, I think the the term coward comes from the fact that like Sweden plays a particular style of soccer that didn't necessarily allow the United States to play its regular right. game. And um, but. You can be disappointed in the fact that you've lost, and you can be gracious about it and move on, and you can call them cowards in the safety of your own locker room, your own car, wherever, but the fact that she is not um, mature enough or professional enough or, I don't know, I mean, again, part of why some people like athletes is because they speak their minds. But so I guess if, if that's, you know, you like your athletes with a little personality, you've got to take the bad ones with the good ones. But yeah, um, maybe and, it's just because it's the Olympics and it's supposed to be about fair play and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and like good it, sportsmanship. Yeah. And it's like, just don't, why you got to be an asshole, Hope yeah. Solo? Another fact about Hope Solo, she is 35 years old. <laughs> so again, she is a grown adult woman should not be acting like a giant child. Yes, a giant petulant child. Um, so, yeah, that's basically all I have to say about Hope Solo. I guess one thing that Jen and I were discussing before we hopped on the pod, um, this kind of relates back to Ryan Lochte, but it's this idea that we let people, we as a society, let people who are really good at something get mm. away with shitty behavior yeah. because they're so good. Mm-hmm. So, like, Ryan Lochte... Amazing swimmer. Can he get away with what he has done? Hope Solo has been a, uh, uh, has had a bad attitude for years. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, people kind of giving her a pass because she's a really good goalie. Yeah. Is she anymore, though? That's true. Um, is, yeah. Um, speaking to that point, I just want to read a quote. Um, sure. Greg Troy, the University of Florida men's and women's coach, swimming coach, who oversaw Lochte's training through 2012, said five years ago, quote, I'm dealing with a 27-year-old man who lives on the edge a little bit. If you do anything other than allow him to be himself, he's not going to be the same athlete. And he's a human being out in society. Well, but that goes to your point, which is why we as a society give a pass to people who are horrible human beings or even just poor human beings just because we value their athletic or other, like, you know, contribution more than we want to have good citizens. And, I mean, Ryan Lochte, Kobe Bryant, any number of people. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like as a sports fan, I think this happens from time to time where 
you see people who are held up as kind of heroes in their sport and they are not good citizens. And when they're out in the world, they're not acting like decent people. Mm-hmm. And it makes you reevaluate, I think. I mean, now I will say, I still watch the NFL, even though there are a lot of shitty people who play in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's it makes it hard to be a sports fan sometimes. I know I'm sure people are playing the um, world's smallest violin for me right now. But <laughs> but it's challenging because it's like this, you know, at some point you can't just let these people run around acting like complete monsters. Well, it's not the small violin thing. It's really the idea that, like, at some point you or I, as consumers of sport, will say, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. In good conscience, I can't watch this guy who has beat up his wife, his girlfriend, his kids – you know, or this woman who beat up her nephew and her half-sister anymore. I'm not going to feed into this consumer machine. Um, and it is hard. Uh, I think about it a lot. I I have lots of discussions with my um, husband who, you know, he went to Notre Dame. He's very proud of the fact that he went to Notre Dame. He comes from a mostly Notre Dame family. And it really upsets him when they lower their academic standards because they want good athletes. And he's just like, we're not a school about athletics. Granted, it's Notre Dame, like the home of college football. Or the birthplace. Touchdown Jesus. Yeah, yeah, and all of that stuff. But he's just like, I'm not willing to sacrifice what we do as an institution for the good no. because we just want to win football games. Like, at some point, you're like, we're not the SEC. <laughs> that's his, like, that's his rallying cry. This is not the SEC. We are not Alabama. We are not Florida. Um, yeah, and, you know, I know, at least for me, I mean, I still, I grew up in Massachusetts. I'm still a Patriots fan. But I used to just put, I'd wake up in the morning and put on, you know, turn CBS on and watch football all Sunday. You know, run around my apartment and do stuff, but I would just sit and watch football all damn day. Now, unless the Patriots are on a nationally televised game or I'm just, like, hanging out at home on a Sunday night, I don't watch it as much as I used to. So I'm like, why do I want to feed into this nonsense and mm-hmm. have to listen to these people make excuses for the Ray Rice? I mean, I guess Ray Rice is a bad example since he will probably never play in the NFL again. But, well, but we're just uh, saying Ray Rice-esque. Yeah, right? you know, or the folks, you know, I think, was it Ray McDonald who allegedly beat up his pregnant fiance mm-hmm. and he's still playing in the NFL? Greg Hardy? <laughs> yeah, if you want good Greg Hardy rants, you should definitely check out uh, Katie Nolan. Again, not to tell people to go to other podcasts, but she is, uh, that's her, yeah, her hot button item. Yeah, uh, but it is at some point. I mean, I am i am similar in that previously Sunday, wouldn't leave the house, just sat yeah. and watched football all day long. And, and I, and it, and it just does. It does get hard. I mean, aside from all of the, um, you know, those sorts of off-the-field issues, I mean, it's hard to watch football because you're like, that man's brains are getting turning into scrambled eggs. Yeah. Um, and so, there, I mean, so there's other things, but I think that it's giving talented people a pass for horrible behavior at some point, you know, does – it weighs too heavily on your conscience to so let it slide. And it – Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, you know, I think with Hope Solo, that became um, sort of a, an issue because the domestic violence incident that happened with her and her sister and nephew um, occurred around the same time as the Ray Rice incident. And it was, I believe it was shortly after the NFL decided to ban Ray Rice indefinitely. Um, I think the Adrian Peterson incident where he uh, beat his kid um, – 
quite badly with a, uh, a switch. Um, also occurred around the same time Adrian Peterson was uh, suspended indefinitely. Hope Solo got to keep playing and played mm-hmm. in the World Cup. And uh, people now, I think many of them were men's rights activists who were, um, they were concerned trolling, but... You know, some people had very, you know, I think genuine concern about the fact that, well, are we giving her a pass just because she's a woman and she's so good and we're not taking it seriously? Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, that may be the case. I, frankly, I don't know who the backup goalie for the U.S. Women's <laughs> National Team is. Um, based on her performance in Rio, I don't know that we're going to be seeing much of Hope Solo going forward. But, well, uh, and, I mean, she is. She is getting on in terms of, like, you know, just a career is probably, she's probably at the end of her professional career as opposed to, like, the beginning of it. Sure. So, uh, we'll let you know if we have any updates on her and her shitty attitude. So, um, (laughs) but going to sort of, like, uh, football players who do terrible things and makes it hard for Brooke and I to watch football on Sundays or Mondays and Thursdays. And I liked it so much better when they were just one day of the week. Yes. Well, sorry, not to get off topic here, but uh, the Premier League is doing this. So uh, the English Premier League started last week at last weekend. Super excited. Had my Saturday and my Sunday devoted to sitting down and watching soccer. Um, But they're starting Friday games, Friday matches. So there was one yesterday. I was like, what the hell? So it's not just the NFL that wants to encroach on every day of the week. Apparently it's happening in many other sports. I don't think that the Premier League Friday matches are going to last because so many of the teams have, they play Champions League and and Europa League, which have like Thursday matches. So um, it's just, it's too much. Like, please be confined to the two days of the weekend, sometimes Monday, but. Yeah, um, I I was watching a movie last night and they had a trailer at the start of it for the film Concussion. And one of the lines Mm -hmm. in Concussion is um, how do you go up against a corporation that owns a day of the week? Mm-hmm. It just feels like the NFL stay in your lane. It's yeah, Sundays. Right. Sundays. Sundays and Monday night. I don't need Thursday night games that I think didn't at some point it was only like half the season they had Thursday and night games and now it's the whole season. season. Yeah. <sighs> I don't, yeah, I don't. I, you have, as you've lived here on the West Coast yes. for a few years now, you understand that like Monday night games and Thursday night games really don't mean anything because I don't get home until like past halftime. No. Um, It's, I mean, it's been great on Sundays because I can get up and it doesn't like, I'm not having to stay up until midnight to watch the Sunday mm -hmm. night game. Although I don't really sit and watch that much football anymore anyway. But um, yeah, it's these East coast start times Mm -hmm. um, make it really hard for us West coast fans (laughs) um, either having to duck out of work early, which is not always an option or miss half the game. Yeah. Which East Coast bias bullshit. <laughs> but, given, but given, like, the quality of the Thursday night games, I don't think we're really missing out on much. Donald Trump would beg to differ since he thinks it's outrageous that they're scheduling uh, debates up against Thursday night games. Um, as some point out, I don't think anybody is running home to watch, you know, the Dolphins versus the Jets on a Thursday night. But, uh yeah, I, I don't really want to run home to watch Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump debate either. No, we don't need to sully our podcast <laughs> by mentioning Cheeto Jesus again. So, <laughs> um, Okay, so that brings us a little bit back to yes. the NFL. And, um, you know, there was actually a an athlete who was sentenced to 18 years in federal prison while we were all consumed with Ryan Lochte. Like, some really bad shit went down with Darren Sharper. 
So he um, basically has was charged and has pled guilty or no contest to, I think, nine counts of drugging and raping women in Louisiana, Arizona, California, and Nevada. He, um, so he, he's a one man multi-state crime spree. Like <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, so as I said, 18 years in federal prison, um, this is what he was sentenced to in Louisiana. He was also sentenced to a nine year prison term in Arizona, but the, the, the sentences will run concurrently. So he, it's not 27 years. years. Um, but so basically the charges there are as many as, well, the charges that he pled no contest or guilty to involve nine victims, but um, some of his accomplices have said um, that there might be up to 16 victims. And um, and Darren Sharper at one point was, you know, a great player uh, known really, I think, for his time with the New Orleans Saints. And um, it's just the fact that he had this other life where he was he's married and had daughters and he was in a in a book that the NFL put out uh, dedicated to fathers and daughters and in it I will quote he wrote uh, my daughter makes me mindful of how women are treated undervalued and exploited which is why I feel compelled to take advantage of this opportunity to speak up about domestic violence um, all while he was drugging and raping women yeah i I had to snicker at the take advantage line (laughs) so it's yeah one of his victims when he was sentenced in louisiana um he basically got up and said that he was not raised to be this monster that you know he has a good family and he made this horrible mistake and how sorry he was and she got up and said you've done this like 16 times 16 times is not a mistake and she told him to go to hell. So, um, I just, yeah, it's just crazy that um, while we are so consumed with Ryan Lochte and his soap opera that, like, actual bad shit was going on. Um, yeah, I think we talked about Darren Sharper in one of our earlier podcasts. Um, I think it was at the time he was in the middle of kind of prepping for trial. Um, but, yeah, the fact that this was allowed to kind of go on for years mm-hmm. and you know it's only now coming to light and he has so many victims um yeah um I, sorry some of one of the articles i read basically said that the police and prosecutors were slow to act because of his fame which you know he which allowed him to roam the streets and continue to prey on women and um in other places so i think that he was um, he was awaiting sentencing in California. Oh, wait. So he wasn't arrested until January of 2014, and he was booked God. in Los Angeles in connection with the attack. But before he was arrested, he had already flown to Las Vegas, and where he basically drugged two women and their male companion and, like, raped the two women. <laughs> it's just... It's just in terms of volume, it seems like this is kind of similar to what... Um, allegedly happened with Bill Cosby that he nobody wanted to believe that this you know charming nice mm-hmm. guy was doing all this horrible Selling. creepy criminal shit mm-hmm. in his private life and because nobody wanted to believe that he was a bad guy they just let him continue, continue. with his creepy criminal shit yeah 
Bill Cosby breaks my, I mean, I, this is not about me and it's horrible what he allegedly did. I don't know that he's been found guilty of anything yet. So that's why I'm using the word allegedly. Not that I don't believe his victims, but I freaking love the Cosby show. It was my favorite TV show. I have like a bunch of DVDs of the episodes, you know, um, that I got for Christmas. And now it's just, it's gross. Like he's, you cannot look at this guy in the same way. And this kind of idea of separating the person from their, Actions. great professional work oh. it's um yeah or it's uh, i don't know it's really it's just sad that there are people in the world that are this fucking abominable and yeah. they you know cover it all up with a smile and some pudding pops and uh so j-e-l-l-o yeah um but i believe i shouldn't be talking off the cuff about this but i think that there are charges against bill cosby that are moving forward in philadelphia um all it seems that all the efforts he's had to either get the charges thrown out or get evidence thrown out have failed to date so um uh, just because it seems like it's a pretty similar MO, except Darren Sharper was only able to attack 16 women as opposed to 60, which is, I think, what the new Bill Cosby number is up to. Um, uh, it's <laughs> it's staggering. It, uh, it's unbelievable, yeah, I, I mean, except it's not because this, this happened. So. Yeah. Um, um, so that's pretty much our Olympic wrap-up. Um, I guess closing ceremonies are tomorrow? I believe so. Um, I don't know if there's been news of who's carrying the U.S. flag. It seems like a lot of the swimmers have left, and they did a much better job in terms of winning than our track team did. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I saw at least one article um, to come out in support of, I want to say her last name is D'Agostino, but she was the oh tri- Abby D'Agostino, yeah, yes, who ex- you know exemplified what it means to be an Olympian, at least in the conventional sense to most people, which is about sportsmanship and your fellow human being and like and all that stuff, and and not publicly urinating and on gas station wall. Right, I believe she. There was a runner from New Zealand, and they bumped into one another, and she helped the New Zealand runner get up and finish the race. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be great. I'm really pulling for Penny Alexiak, the remarkable teenage swimmer from Canada, to get the Canadian flag. Um, I think in one Olympics, she's the youngest person to ever win. Uh, I don't know if it's an Olympic medal because I feel like some of those figure skaters were like, like Terrell Pinsky, yeah. I think was like 14. But mm-hmm. well, um, Tom Daly was 14, the Olympic diver, oh, the British diver. I did not realize yeah. he was that young. Yeah, he was a child. But I think Penny Alexiak is now the most decorated Canadian summer Olympian, maybe swimmer. Mm-hmm. I should probably get my facts straight before mm-hmm. I start talking on the podcast about them. But she, anyway, she's amazing. And um, I hope that she did get free Drake tickets, which she was um, <laughs> real concerned about because they weren't able to buy them online for Brazil. Um, so really everything will be coming up pennies for her if she got the flag uh, that is one thing i mean like because most of the swimming events are in the first week a lot of the swimmers go home during yeah. the second week and they don't stick around but i was going to make some snarky comment about how on some podcasts ones we will not name here it doesn't really stop people from talking if they don't have all of their facts so that's true but um, um also jimmy fagan might still be <laughs> in brazil um so he could attend i don't think he'll be carrying any flags so. i don't think so either um, so, okay, so that's our Olympic wrap-up. Uh, we will be back next time. We have, um, obviously, the NFL starting and uh, Premier League stuff. 
Um, and, you know, there is no shortage of celebrities who do dumb things. So there's probably a lot plenty to talk about. That's very true. So um, shortly you should be able to uh, download us from iTunes. Please subscribe and leave nice comments. Uh, I'm told that helps – I don't know what it helps us do, but it'll get us more attention. Well, and, and it'll not make us feel terrible about doing this. <laughs> yeah, please only say nice things. Yeah. Um, you can also check out our website at underfurtherreview.bg.com. Is it dot or dash? I thought it was a dash. I think it's dash. So it's underfurtherreview, all one word, dash bg.com. We will probably have um, all that information up in our various ways that we will publicize ourselves but i think this is happening you can also check us out on instagram where our only photo right now is a picture of my dog wearing glasses he's very cute and that is ufr underscore bg um so yes we will we will have all this information at some point when we're like totally legit at this point we're like partially legit so really we're working on it but our our dream lives on (laughs) that's right so we hope that your olympic dreams live on too thanks for listening bye